to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. figured out over these years of many wisdom and knowledge if you will learn to adjust to change you'll live a peaceful happy life if you fight change you'll be the most miserable person in the world because change is coming whether you like it or not some things are going to change don't make any difference you can't stop and they're going to come so you might as well get ready for them now rather than wait till they come and go into disarray and stay in the same spot for 500 years just because this happened back in 1955. Change is coming. Change is coming. You get older, it changes. You're married. Sooner or later, your spouse ain't going to be there. How many of you know that? You can say, well, that's never going to happen. Well, yes, it is. It's going to happen. All these things are coming and coming and coming. People, you know, and I'm one of them. I don't have no funeral arrangements or anything, but how many know I'm going to need them someday? You just can't say, well, I didn't get them because I'm not going to need them. No, things change. People get divorced 10 years ago, and they're still living in that divorce. You've got to learn to make adjustments. You've got to change. Life is going to throw things at you all the time, but you have to change and adjust to those things as they come, and you can do that in peace and joy. And Come on. So you can do that in that if you want to. The change is coming. Let's face it. Change. Here, you're single. You're married. Different. Have a child. Really different. Child grows up. All at once they're small. What's a baby? Goes through the hold her. Oh, good. Now she's crawling. <laughs> now she's walking. <laughs> now she's running. <laughs> now she's driving. <laughs> but how many know those things are coming? Someday Talon will be driving. I mean, it's obvious that all these things are coming, and they come to us. And we say, "Oh my God! I just didn't know that was going to happen." Well, what have you been? What have you been thinking about for the last twenty years? Come on, change comes everywhere. It comes in your finances. It comes in your relationship. It comes in your church. It comes in every single area. And if you can't adjust to changes as they come, you're going to be mixed up totally at a certain age because you're going to be trying to replay everything that changed, and there's nothing you can do about that. So praise God. All right. Well, we're not going to pass the bucket again, although that was worth it. Just take your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. We've been unconforming you to the world and transforming you into kingdom thinking this morning, and we're going to stay on that a little bit longer because I don't think you've arrived yet. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 33. You ought to be able to find that by now. Notice, Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You look at the world today, and I mean, even before the pandemic, it's even worse now that most people in the world, including most Christians, are irritable right now. They're in 
anxious right now. They're worried right now. They're upset about things right now. We're getting to a point to where it's starting to affect people's health, mental health, and everything else, basically, because of what's going on in the world. And a lot of that's got to do, basically, because in the world, when we were born in here and taught, we were taught to seek things in order to survive. In other words, we had to have this, we had to have that. You've got to be able to pay your mortgage. You've got to be able to do this. You've got to be able to do that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. But Jesus came along, and in one scripture says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and burdensome, and I will give you rest. Because my yoke is easy, and my burden is... Well, what's his burden? His burden and yoke it is, is to seek first the kingdom of God and right standing in that kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, this is a commitment for every single person. You've got to make this commitment yourself. How many of you have sought the kingdom of God and got born into the kingdom of God? If you didn't, you need to come up afterwards, and we will give you an open-door invitation, praise God, into the kingdom of God. But if you're in there now, the second thing you're supposed to do is seek the righteousness or the right alignment of the kingdom that you are into. But most of the world is running around just trying their best to do whatever they can. And it's the same way with most of the people who get born again. We get born again and we act like the world. We still adjust like the world. We still worry like the world. We're still fearful by the world. And basically we're fearful about the different things. If you read back in Genesis, you'll find out that there's a curse that came upon the earth. And God looked at Adam and said, you're going to have to toil and sweat your whole life to make things work now. But how many know that's the curse? Now, in three different songs this morning, we, I'm redeemed from the curse, I'm say so, I'm redeemed. I, what, the question is, if you're redeemed, then why are you acting like? See, it's not just a word, it's a lifestyle. If I'm redeemed, then why am I toiling? Why am I sweating? Why am I doing my best? Why am I still living under the curse if Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law? And the kingdom is the same way. So here's what people do. We get in the kingdom of God, we get born in, then we skip the part about righteousness and go right after the things that should be added to us. And a lot of times in my growing up, in my Christianity, I was taught to do this once I got born again. You're born again. What are you going to do? I'm on my way to heaven. Praise God. Have you changed it all? Don't have to change. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. And I just did work 50, 60 hours a week, did all I could do, trying to wear myself out to provide for every single thing there. But I found out that there's, a, there's another thing in there it's called his righteousness between those two things. So we don't seek the things that are added because they're added. They're not earned. Come on. These things shall be added, not earned to you. So when I was born again, and then basically I, I got involved in the faith movement, which is great. Those guys are super. I love every one of them. But it basically taught me to use my faith to get things. In other words, you need to believe for healing. You need to believe for your mortgage. You need to believe for this. You need to believe for that. So praise God. You know, I was a new getting in the kingdom. I was going to be a pastor that time, and I'm going to start believing God, praise God. So I started believing God for my kids' schooling, and I started believing God for my mortgage, and I started believing God for a plane. I mean, they all had one. And they said, if I got enough faith, I get one too. So I'm going to get me a plane. Didn't have nowhere to go. Have nobody to preach to. But I'm going to use my faith, praise God, to get it. And you've you got to remember, all these things that the church has gone through over the last 50 years, probably, are all parts of the kingdom of God. God was trying to break it down so we get one revelation, move to the next revelation, to the next revelation, so you can't stop at one revelation. You can't stop at holiness. We knew that was wrong when they took lipstick away from women. Come on, are you following me? How I many know righteousness is important? It's in the Bible, but man, they went overboard, praise God. You couldn't do nothing, my gosh. Well, that got carried away, didn't it? But how many know it's still important in our life? 
And the, the faith movement came along. The healing movement came along. How many know that's important? Yeah. It's important to know that we've been given divine health and we can walk in divine health and we should be walking in divine health because God wants to use us in the kingdom of God. The charismatic renewal came around for years. All at once, the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. But you can see the building. There's righteousness, there's faith, and then there's the Holy Ghost. All those are part of the kingdom of God, but you can't stop in one of those and set up shop there. You've got to continue to go on with further revelation that God has given to each and every person, and you did it by going through these stages. So the Holy Ghost, then we had the charismatic renewal. We had people come out of denominations, which was great. They found out that there is a Holy Ghost. They could find out there was a power of God, but then everybody became the Holy Ghost. Everybody correcting everybody, everybody setting everybody up, everybody prophesying over everybody. Nobody needed to go to church because they had the Holy Ghost, praise God, and, and they have the same Holy Ghost as you got, and blah, 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 and on and on. And once again, it got taken to the other side. No, no. See, the devil's good at taking you, fighting you to get there, and when you get there, he wants to take you to the other side every time. He don't want you stuck in the middle, praise God, where it makes sense, and there's revelation there. And then, you know, we had Rodney Hard Brown come down here in the early 90s, and all at once we found out that people could actually be happy in church. My God, what a revelation. We didn't have to cry all the time in church. We didn't have to weep and moan that we could actually be happy in church with the joy of the Lord. And this wasn't a joy you worked up. Let me tell you what, this joy, I don't know where it came from, praise God, but it came from deep on the inside of you. Well, all these things. So it's obvious God wants a righteous church. He wants a, a healed church. He wants a Holy Ghost church. He wants a faith church. He wants a, so all these things are together. But if you stay in one place, you're not going to get all the revelation. Are you following me this morning? So I, I came up under that and I was using my faith to get basically things all the time. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, I was believing for that new car and I was believing for this and believing for that. And I had my little pad. I mean, you have a little pad, you write down all your wish list, and you make sure you go over at least once a day, because God might not have been listening yesterday. He might have been busy with somebody else's stuff there, so I just, just want to make sure that I can do it, praise God. And so when I was born again, everything had to do with receiving things from God. So my faith basically went off God and went on things. God was just a way to get things. Are you following me? So all at once I was believing God for things, believing God for this. I never once asked God what he wanted. See, he's supposed to meet my needs. I sure as heck ain't here to meet his needs. And then I found out he needed me to meet some needs. So instead of my faith being on that, I had to shift back to the other thing where I just started seeking his kingdom and righteousness and all these things would be, see, why are you following God? Why are you seeking the kingdom? Why are you doing it? Are you doing it to get things? Or are you doing it because he's the king and you should be seeking him and having a relationship with him, see? Well, get saved and God will supply all your needs. Well, yes, he will, but there's some other things between those two things. See, to understand, and it's more than just going to heaven. Everybody wants to get born again and go to heaven. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm glad I didn't get born again until I was at least 30 because I'd have wasted my whole life before it was over with. But notice, if you get born again at 18 and you're just told you're going to heaven and everything's done, what are you going to do for the kingdom? Nothing. You don't care if you go to church. You don't care if you read your Bible. You don't care. Are you born again? Yes. Going to heaven? Hallelujah. Yes. And that's where you stop. But you're going to live down and out. You're going to live on drugs. You're going to live on alcohol because you're going to fill that void with something in your life. Because that void is in you, and you've been called, and you have a purpose, and you have things to do, praise God. So we don't want to necessarily believe for things all the time. We want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be All these things that we've been seeking for are not our responsibility to even get. See, this destroys my whole life for 30-some years. That was my whole life. What do you do? Go to work. You make the money. You pay off the house. You get your car. You get more money. You do this. You get things. And how many know that ain't bad? You need these things, don't you? 
But basically, my priorities were in the wrong place to do these things, and it was damaging because you argue about this and argue about that. This is why there's a lot of divorces that go on, even in Christian homes. It's a fight over finances. It's a fight over this, fight over that, fight over who's making them more, fight over who's not making enough, fight over the way somebody spends, fight over all this stuff. If you seek the kingdom first, all these other things, and I'm not only talking about money, I'm talking about peace, I'm talking about joy, I'm talking about power, I'm, not ta- I'm talking about stability physically, I'm talking about mental stability, I'm talking about stability in itself, all will follow you. So we're not just talking about financial things, we're talking about every single thing if we get our priority done. Now who's responsible for our stuff? Look at verse 32. For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these. So who's responsible for the things in our life? Who is? The Father is, ain't he? The Father is responsible to supply everything that I need here in this earth realm. Not me, he is. Not me, he is. Until you make that adjustment, you can still get your needs met through you, but not nearly as well if you let him do it. <laughs> it's according to his riches in And how many you know that's more than what's in somebody's bank account who can help you? He's got everything that you need and more, but he is the one responsible. So when I found out he's the one responsible for the church, he's the one responsible for my needs, he's the one responsible for the, what am I doing trying to do it myself? And it's not working anyway because everything I was praying for, and here's the thing, after you pray for something for about six months and nothing happens, you say, what am I doing? I've been wasted 7 to 7.30 every morning going over my shopping list, and I got nothing on my shopping list at all. Um, all I got was an old car, not enough money to put the kids through school, and a paper airplane. <laughs> and, and then you hear, well, you need more faith, brother. So here I am, praise God. I got to praise all my needs, 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 praise, praise all my needs, praise all my needs, praise all my needs, praise all my needs, declare praise all my needs, praise all my needs. And I understand the whole problem wasn't that. It was my alignment and my priority was going, and I was still trying to supply my needs according to my riches, which were none. And trust me, there was no glory. <laughs> See, so until you make that thing, what do you got to do to do that? You got to trust God. God wants trusted with your whole heart, not part of your heart. You need to trust him. How many know if he's God, we sing about him and clap about him, how wonderful he is, how good he is, how he wants everything good for us. Then we go back out in the world and we live as if he doesn't even exist. Don't care about it. Who could care less whether he does or he don't? See? And then we get to the place where he don't love me. He did, I get my shopping list here. I didn't get nothing. been praying for that for three months. See, we don't think he cares. No, you're missing the connection there. And that connection is for us to trust him in every single area of our life. And this is hard, isn't it? And you know why it's hard? Because we were born and raised in something called a democracy. See, you're not living spiritually in a democracy anymore. He has rescued you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you into the, the what? The what? kingdom. So you're not in a democracy anymore, but we were trained how to live in a democracy and we want to stay there and all you're going to get is what you can get from the democracy. Or do you want the kingdom thing? And in the democracy, of course, we've got a president. We vote in. We vote him out if we don't like what's going on. But I'll tell you what we vote him for. Most people vote him according to the economy because we need money to get things. So even some churches, even though the guy we vote in might be immoral not even stand for godly things, is he going to get me some money, then I'm going to vote for him. Come on now, because our money is ahead. Yeah. 
See, it's more important to us. More, who cares what God thinks? Man, this guy's going to give me this. He's going to give me that. He's going to do all these things. So democracy, basically, you're responsible. So you're responsible to make your own way if you're going to live in this world. You better work. You better toil. You better save. You better do everything that you need to do because as somebody in a democracy, that's what they're called to do and that's what they have to do. And that's why there's poor people and there's rich people because some people have a higher education. They get a higher job. Some people have no education. They work for minimum wage. So you got poor people and you got rich people and you got some people in between and that's the way it stays. But notice, that's not the way it's in the kingdom of God because everybody born in the kingdom of God has access to everything that the kingdom of God has. If, you, if, if you're poor, it's because you're choosing to be poor. If you're rich, you just decided to be rich, praise God. And he started supplying all your needs according to his riches in glory. So he's a king. Say he's a king. I know it's the king is the one responsible for every one of his citizens. Not only the pastor, but even you if you're sitting in the kitchen on the back row this morning, he's responsible to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory if you let him. If you don't cut him off. That's the way a kingdom operates. Now, how many know there's been kingdoms started on the earth that mostly turned into dictatorships? Because in order to have a real good kingdom, you've got to have a king who is honest, loving, good, benevolent, cares about you, loves you. And how many of you can look all over the earth and then he's working? But in the kingdom of God, you've got one. He cares about you. It is my Father's good pleasure to give you the entire kingdom, praise God. He's trying to get everything over to the church. The wealth of the wicked will come to the righteous. Well, then get in line with God, and you don't have to wait till the transference. You'll have some to transfer to somebody else. Come on, but we've got to get in the avenue to where we're going here, and that's seeking first the kingdom of God. So you're not in a democracy spiritually anymore. You are in something called a kingdom. And now, since I'm in a kingdom, my king is responsible to take care of me if I let him. And I found out letting him is a lot easier. Believing for money for the church, believing for buildings, believing for stuff, and believing and believing and believing and believing and believing and believing and, believing and, believing and, believing and not getting anywhere, it's easier to just say, you got a problem. You know what I need. You called me into this mess. Come on, now you supply all I need to do the work that you gave me to do. But what I had to do is I had to seek the kingdom, which will line up to you seeking his will and his purpose for your life if you seek the kingdom of God. As you grow closer to him, he'll reveal to you, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do it. This is what I want for you. And when you say yes to that, he says, okay, I'm responsible to provide. See, when I worked at the post office, I was there for 28 years, worked as a mailman. FedEx never sent me a uniform. Never gave me any shoes. Never gave me a paycheck. The one over me supplied all that stuff. Why? I needed it to do what I was called to do for the post office. Well, once you start doing what God has called you to do, you don't have to worry about needing anything to do what God has called you to do. God's going to make sure you got everything that you need. Are you following me? So, I mean, for me, this changed my prayer life. I don't know if it changes yours at all, but it changes mine. And, you know, in this world today now, you hear somebody talk about welfare. You want to go, ugh. What does that welfare mean to you? People that don't want to work, too dang lazy to work, the government's supplying for. But welfare is a good word if you're in a kingdom under a king who wants to make your welfare good. See, that's what he does. He supplies everything we got. So number one, you can't worry, can you? If you worry, you're going to cut him off. So we don't want to worry. We just want to learn to trust what he said in his word and tell him to go ahead and be king for the day. Remember when Israel, basically God came to them and said, I want to be your king? And they said, no, no, we want to we 
natural king, just like everybody else. And God said, I'll give you one, but I'll tell you what, you ain't going to like it. And they took one, and guess what? They didn't like it. So if you want to live under the king of this democracy, you ain't going to like it. You ain't really going to like it. See? So we don't want to live there. We want to live under the kingdom of God. We want to trust God. We, we want to do what God wants us to do because we have a loving, caring one. So we're going to trust him. If he said, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, then he's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory. People say, well, then I should quit working. No, you should quit working for a paycheck and start working for kingdom influence in the place where you're working. He don't tell you just to quit and sit on your behind. He tells you to extend the kingdom of God, praise God. Are you listening this morning? All right, can I sidestep and just tell you about prayer a little bit? All right, prayer basically that I found out is best for me are prayers that already been written in the Word. See, I've looked far and low and I never saw Paul pray for a new donkey. I never saw Peter pray for his mortgage. No, no, I, I went to Paul's prayers. And let's we'll just go to Ephesians 1, we'll just sidestep here. The whole focus here is God and his kingdom, not us. So what we want really doesn't matter. As long as we're finding out what he wants, we'll end up with what we want because he wants what we want. He puts the desires in our heart, and then he gives us those desires if we line up with the kingdom of God. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 16. Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my So apparently this is a prayer, isn't it? that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion and every name that is named and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that fills all in now how many know that's a good prayer that's talking about spiritual revelation of what you already have in the kingdom of God rather than trying to pray and get enough faith to get it there's no sense trying to get it when you've already got it the only problem is since you don't have a revelation of what you got you're not putting what you got in manifestation because you don't think you got it and you're too busy praying to get it are you following me give me more faith give me more faith you got faith just use it. Give me more love. Well, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. I wish I had that kind of love. Well, you do have that kind of love. It's on the inside of you. You just need a revelation of it. Notice, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is where? It's in us. Most people think the Holy Ghost is out here someplace, floating around, and he's going to reach down and touch me or anything else. No, these are revelations that I want in my life, see? These are things that I want, so I'm going to pray this prayer not only for me, but for Because if I preach all day long, you ain't getting no revelation. I'm wasting my time. So I'm preaching that you actually get revelation through what called for through the Word. Go up to chapter 3. Verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named 
that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by? See, he dwells in everybody's heart, but he only becomes active when he's in your heart by? If you believe he's there. That you be rooted and grounded in? may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of? Now, I like that. See, I'd like that prayer to happen in my life. That's more important than the new car to me. It's more important than, than the new boat. It's more important than these things to me. And when it becomes more important to you, and there is a desire in your heart for a boat, be careful because it's coming. Are you following? So our prayer's got to be different. I'll give you one more, my favorite one, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, use uh, yellow, blue, purple, orange, whatever you got. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of my will, his will, let my will be done on earth as it is. No, let his will be done. Be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that I might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I want to be fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power with all patience, long-suffering, joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance and light, who has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his own dear Son. This prayer is why I'm the most impatient, I'm the most patient man in the world. You see it? It's right there. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience with long-suffering and? So people come up, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible. I said, that's a bad why? Well, because I had patience, long-suffering, and I always got joyfulness, praise God, in every situation. See, I don't have to solve all the world's problems, just the ones that come my way and then one at a time. So what are we doing? We're praying things according to His will, to understand His will, get His heart. Then when we seek first the kingdom influence in our life, no matter what we're doing or whatever's happening, all things are just added to us because He has to supply them in order for us to do what we're called to do. Are you following me? We needed this building, so He gave it to us. We needed people to come help. They're here. We needed associate pastors. They're there. They're tired this morning, but they're here. <laughs> Except for Ben. Ben, he's ready to go, praise God. He was in bed. He wasn't out there partying. But yeah, everything that you need, he brings to you. The people he, you need, he brings to you. The finances you need, the building he needs, they come without you laboring and praying forever. I just want to line up with his will. See, I just want to advance the kingdom. I just want to uh, change people's minds to be transformed, to know his perfect, not only his good will, not only his acceptable, but I'd like to know his perfect will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. And when I'm there, nothing can stop stuff from coming into my life that I need to do the job because that's what God does. In James, it says, you have not because you And you ask and don't get because you ask a amiss. Why? Because I'm praying for all things basically added unto me rather than praying for the kingdom of God and seeking how to do that. And I'm cutting off the all things. even though. I, and he says, you adulterers. Adulteresses. What does he mean? You're going after things. You're going after money. You can't serve God in money. And with our heart, we're going that direction rather than going the kingdom direction. So we can ask, but we have to ask for the right things. We have to ask for kingdom things. Hallelujah. Can I go a little bit further? All right. Here's Paul and Silas. How many know Paul was a kingdom person? No question about that. 
So here's Paul and Silas. They're just preaching the gospel, doing what they're supposed to do. Once they get taken and they get thrown in jail, they get put in stocks, they get in a world back where it's probably dirty and mangy and, and there's rats and everything running around. And it said they pray and praised. Now here's what I'd have did. I'd have prayed, get me the heck out of here, Jesus. Right now in the name of, in the name of Jesus, get me out of here. In Jesus' mighty name, get me out of here. It's, but they prayed, and all at once, God said, praise. Stay in the kingdom. Don't worry about it. Ooh, they started praising. What happened? The jailer got saved. Now, if I'd have prayed and he answered my prayer, nobody got saved. I'd have just saw me run as fast as you could possibly see somebody run. See, but they, they were kingdom-minded. They weren't me-minded. Oh, help me. Get me out. Help me. They didn't even bring that up. They just praised God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And all of a sudden, the jailer says, oh, they're gone. They're out of here. And what happened? He got saved and his entire household. Well, what happened if he was me? You can just rip that page right out of the Bible. Come on, he wasn't grumbling. He wasn't complaining. He wasn't begging God. He wasn't crying out to him. Why did this happen to me? Ever been there? I'm just preaching the word. I'm just doing what you told me to do. And you put me in jail. How could you do this to me? Well, it just so happened they needed a jailer who had a whole family they were hungry for the kingdom of God, and you ended up in that place, and you stayed in the kingdom, and you got them. See? God's always kingdom-minded, and we've got to always be kingdom-minded. Everything, something comes our way that's bad, we freak out. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Now, what, what's there? How can I advance the kingdom there? How can I influence the kingdom there? How can I do something for the kingdom there? And this is why many ministries fail. Can I tell you why they fail? Because once they start their ministry and the pressure comes of getting people there and getting finances there, they start going after the things added rather than the ministry that God called them to. They're no longer seeking the word. They're no longer getting revelation. They're no longer praying in the Holy Ghost. No, they're going to find out a way to. And that's why, I tell you, the day we came into the kingdom of God, I told my wife, we ain't doing none of this junk. We ain't passing out $5 gift cards. Somebody else, God tells them to do it. That's fine. We ain't selling coffee cups. We ain't selling T-shirts. We ain't selling nothing in this place for me. I'm not going to do that because I'm either going to trust you or I'm not. See, people either come or they won't. I'm not going to try to beg them to come in. I'm not going to strangle, hold them to come in. I'm not going to do it that way. If God wants them here, he needs to get them here by the Holy Ghost or by the Holy Ghost people who are here. Bring them in here so we can raise them up, and that takes all the pressure off of me. You're in charge, God. You do it, praise God. But ministries fold up because once you get going in the ministry and things get tight, there's that temptation to slide over. Come on. I'm so excited about being in the ministry, and pretty soon it's, boy, I need all this stuff because I'm going broke in the ministry. And once you make that shift, you cut God off. Now, you better sell coffee cups. You better sell them by the dozens. Because what are you doing? You're trying to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And if you're called to the ministry and you know it, you just do what you do. You just study the Bible. You just pray in the Holy Ghost. You just get some revelation for the people. You take it out there. You, you counsel them. You help them. You pray for them. You do what you're supposed to do. And the rest of that stuff will be added to you. Won't kill your ministry. Won't destroy your ministry. Won't take it out. Jesus came in one time and they were selling stuff in his house. Come on now. Shook it down and said, hey, man, I ain't going to make this a den of thieves. This is a house of prayer. Well, what kind of prayer, Lord? Gimme, 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 Jimmy? No, it wasn't that kind of prayer. He's talking about prayer, praise God. Come to him and get his heart and get his will and get his desire for you. And people get married. Every time I do a wedding, I tell them, hey, now you two as one got a purpose together. I don't care how long you dated before. Now something's changed. 
You have become one, and God has a purpose for putting you together. You just didn't happenstance and come together. There's a change. It's going to take place. What do you get on with this? It's a happy hour here in three minutes. But still, I'm planting a seed, Jesus, in their life, because everybody's all confused that day anyway, praise God, hallelujah. But still, something happens. You don't understand. Something happens then. Something happens in your life when something like that takes place. So we want to get off on seeking different things. We want to get off on seeking the kingdom of God and what does he want for you? What's his heart? What can I do for you? Hey, what can I do for you, God? You know, if he heard that from 40 Christians, he'd probably fall off the throne. Because it's not. It's I need this, I need that, I need this. And if you're a baby Christian starting out and, and do that kind of stuff, it's okay. Prayer progresses. Pretty soon it's, help me. Come on, the first two years are, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And Jesus says, don't do that. And you do it, and then you say, help me, Jesus. So we got to be patient with that, don't we? But as your prayer life grows and we grow up, say grow up. As we grow up, I say grow up. As we mature, I say mature. We'll start seeking the things of God in God's heart. And we do that, you won't have to worry about anything natural once again. It won't make any difference. If you want a bunch of stuff, it's going to come. But we don't seek the stuff. We seek the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus used the birds as an example. Look at the birds. Come on. They don't toil. They don't go to work. They don't reap. They don't get a paycheck. Nobody pays them. But yet they're still taken care of. And why is that? Because God takes care of the bird. Maybe then he'll take care of, if I'm better than a. And watch what he does for the bird. He gives the bird everything he needs to be a bird. He gives him twigs. He gave him a tree. He gave him feathers. He gave him wings. Why? Because a bird needed all those things to be a. Come on. He created fish. How many know he gave a fish water? He gave a fish gills. He gave a fish scales. He gave the fish a tail. Why did he do that? So he could be the best fish in the entire world. But now he's going to create you and make you responsible for your tail, for your fins, and for your gills? Come on. No, he created you. He has given you, and it's already in you, everything that you need, whatever ministry he's called you to, whatever, see, I, I don't pray for a plane anymore. If I need a plane, he'll give it to me. If he don't, I don't need it. See, he wants to give you what you need, praise God, to do the ministry that you're there. Well, they got a 4,000, 5,000 seat church. Well, good for them, praise God. Maybe that's what they were called to do. But we're called to raise up a group of people in the power of God and the anointing of God, to walk in maturity and the things of God, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added, and we won't have to worry about finances anymore because finances are flooding the church, flooding the people of the church, flooding. And now, now it depends how good you're at as managing because it's just as hard to have money as it is to not have. You won the million-dollar lottery tomorrow, you'd probably be so mixed up in three months, we'd have to come pray the every devil of the world out of you before it's over with. See? He's not going to do that. Why don't he let me hit the, he, he, why don't he let me hit the lottery? Because he don't want to kill you. You can't handle a $120 a week right now, and you want him to give you a million dollars. I guarantee that baby's not going to eat T-bone steak for lunch today. See? 
You just be faithful with whatever's given you, and you just seek God with whatever you're at, and you just go that way. And he'll supply all our needs, basically, according to his riches and glory. So when I found out that I was going to be a pastor, I needed a building. He brought it. I needed people. He brought it. I needed revelation. He's still bringing it. I didn't need to worry. I stopped. All these things started being adjusted in my life, and he brought everything that I need. We needed sound people. There they are. Praise God. All these things we needed, and he brings them to you, not for my sake, but for his sake. See, a lot of places in the Bible, he says he does this for his sake. Why? Because if he doesn't give it to you, then you won't be able to fulfill the will that he put you here to do. So by filling the will, you're doing it for his sake. Amen. See, you're important to God. What you believe and where you go is very important to God because each one of us have that assignment that he's given to each and every one of us. If you study the Bible, did you ever see, read about, who was it, Nehemiah, who was called to build the wall? Yes. He was called to build, rebuild the wall. And, oh, and he gets a letter from the king. King says, need any tar? Go to my tar pit, get all you want. Need any wood? Go to my forest, cut down any tree you want to cut down. Why would he do that? Because it was God's work. Nehemiah called and God was going to give him every single thing he needed to rebuild that wall. Well, it's the same way in your life. God has a call on your life and I guarantee you he's going to give you every darn thing that you never. See? Isn't life more important than meat? We think more about eating than we do about our own life. Just turned noon, everybody's thinking, where are we going to lunch today? Oh, is he still preaching? I'm sorry, I zoned out there for a little bit. I, th I thought I smelled barbecue coming in the window there. He says, no, life's more important than what you eat, for God's sakes. What you're supposed to do and what's going on in your life. Hallelujah, glory to God. So what are we doing? We're changing our thinking. We're lining up with him. We want his will to be done. We want, and watch this. We pray the Our Father, and it says, Father, give us this day. Why pray it if you're going to get your own daily bread? Amen. See? We pray it and then we ignore it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, I'll get my own daily bread today. Protect me from evil. Amen. No, we pray it, but we don't even know what we're praying because we're repetitiously doing it over and over again. But he'll supply your needs. And, and if you've been praying for something and you know it's God and you haven't got it yet, don't worry, you'll have it when you need it. Yes. Well, God just won't do it. Do you need it? Well, not right now. Then relax. <laughs> Come on, take a chill pill. It's all right if you don't need it. Come on. Before I even started in the ministry, I didn't need a building. But things come along as you need those things that come along. And the more trust you put on him, the better things will be in your life. The more that you fight in like a democracy attitude where I got to fight and I got to skimp and I got I to be the top rat in the rat race, praise God, and I got to have the best of everything and I got to... And all this stuff also does is, is selfish desires. It's trying to oppress other people. It's trying to... And you can see the people in the world now who are impressing other people. And if you know the kingdom, they're very unimpressful. Is that a word? It is now. They're unimpressed. They don't impress me at all. I got news for you. They can give out as many awards as they want on the stage, walk down the red, blue, orange, purple carpet, whatever day it is that day, and get whatever they want. But that's not impressive. My impression is what are you doing for the kingdom of God and what kind of influence are you bringing to this world and what side are you on? And we know what side most of them are on, praise God. And the whole church needs to get on the kingdom side. We've got too many churches out there that don't even understand the kingdom of God. They just understand religion. Religion is basically using God to get what you want. That's all it's for. I'm in the kingdom and God's going to do it. And then when he doesn't do it, they backslide. 
I tried that faith stuff for six days. I didn't have that much. I had a camper, a new car, and a boat, and he didn't get me nothing in six days. No, it doesn't work that way. That's not why we're in the kingdom. Once again, like we read last week, when you leave here, how many know you're not going to take anything with you? So whatever you acquire is there. And it, get this. He don't care if you have a storehouse. He just cares if you switch your trust from him to the. See, you can, he can give you all kind of money. You can put in a bank. You can invest here. You can do this with. As long as that don't become your God, you're in good shape. But if it does, you're going to make some dumb investments. And then blame God probably again. Poor God. You ever thought about it? Poor God. <laughs> God. I mean, he's got a church of a lot of people. <laughs> but that's not it. We just need to continue to realign our thought life, realign our direction, realign our pursuits. And as we pursue the right things, things just get easier. And there's something about touching someone else's life with the word of God that you can give me a million dollars and it's not enough to take that moment away from me just something about it somebody who's poor or broke or down or they need deliverance or need healing or just need a good word or a hug or something is so good praise God that when you leave there it's a, it's a kind of feeling you can't get if you do somebody hands you money now money's good we're not arguing that but doing kingdom influence in your life in other people's lives and stuff is what really fulfills you that's a great word that's what fills you up in other words you're filled up praise God and when you got born again if you had an experience with God that's where you were you didn't care about nothing God saved me. Can you believe that? I'm born again, and God did it for me, and I didn't do anything. And he, oh, and you walk out, and the sun's even brighter, and the sky's the bluest you've ever seen. And, oh, look at that grass. Never saw it before. You've been walking on it for 30 years. Look at that grass. It's pretty green. I didn't know that till now. What happens, there's an eyes that opened up on the inside, even appreciation that opens up on the inside. Well, don't lose that by going after things with your faith until you don't get them. Then squash it. And then it don't work. And faith is good. How many know we need faith? No question about it. No question. But praise God, there's a time basically where we got to make the switch over to what He wants, what He desires. Your prayer time should be more about what He desires and what you desire all the time. And we could pray this. You know, if everybody prayed these three prayers for themselves and the body of Christ, that'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? We'd really probably pray some results. And then the Holy Ghost said, Woohoo, I'm allowed to touch that. Ooh, that person I never touched before. Now they prayed for Let me go over here. Dude. See, you can raise up on the inside of us and get things done in our lives and set people free. But it's all not about what we want all the time. Our prayer shouldn't be about us all the time. Is there some things we need? Yes. Is there some things we need to talk about God, God about? Yeah, there is. But there's so many things that God's already given us, the prayers that we need. Amen. See, there's prayers in here that we can use. And if Paul prayed them, they had to be good ones. Because you follow him, I mean, he, he was something else, wasn't he? I mean, uh, and most of us, I mean, let's face it, if, if you were out there today and you were messing around in the garden, you got bit by a poisonous snake. Come on, you'd be cutting that thing off and sucking the stuff out of it and spitting all over the place and trying to, he just shook the thing back in the, why? He was kingdom-minded. He already knew he was going to appear before Caesar. So how could he die from a snake bite and still appear before Caesar? It was impossible. He already had his destiny sewed up. God already told him what he was going to do. He already knew the will of God. I'm going to appear before Caesar. I don't care if I get bit. I don't care if I get shipwrecked. I don't care if they try to drown me. I don't care if they try to beat me to death. I just get back up. Because I'm going to go before Caesar before I get out of here. He knew the will of God. So he wasn't panicking. He wasn't upset. When you find out the will of God for you and know that you're going to get there, it doesn't matter between now and then. Praise God. You're going to get there. Do you understand? Don't matter how many bites you get. 
And, and how does the church think? Oh, my God. He, he must be a, a God. He shook the snake in the fire and didn't die. My gosh. And first when he got bit, they were saying, he's of the devil. The snake only bites people of the devil. And sometimes Christianity, that's the way we think. Well, they got struck by lightning. Well, they must not have been serving good. You know? And it's not that way. We've got to be kingdom-minded, kingdom-thinking. And everything that you run into this week, be kingdom-minded. See what's there for you. You run into somebody who's irate and shouting and screaming, see what God wants you to do in that situation. Say, boy, I love you. And they'll say, ah! <laughs> And you'll say, you know what? I love you more now. <laughs> but love never fails again. That's going to work. That's the way we're going to respond. That's the way we're going to do things. That's the way we're going to react. That's what's going to happen. And what are we going to do? We're going to start changing lives. It's not, lot, not all about being religiously religious. It's about living your daily life as someone Amen. kingdom who knows what they're doing every single day, who you walk in a room and more peace floods the room. People can tell the difference. They say, oh, my God, what happened? Well, I walked in. Amen. <laughs> Probably didn't understand I walked in. Amen. Praise God. What happened? Well, I felt God. Yeah, I just walked by you. Didn't you feel it when I was walking? Amen. And this stuff happens. I don't know if it ever happened to you, but it happens, you know. So, praise God, we're shifting, aren't we? We're coming out of conformity. We're going to transformity, aren't we? Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I preached myself happy this morning. <laughs> Who was that that was in jail? Was that Peter or Paul? And he says, I think myself happy. <laughs> How many know he did? Because he needed to. <laughs> I think myself happy. <laughs> so you can think yourself happy today. Or you can think yourself head today. See, a lot has to do with what we think. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, put your hands on your belly. Okay, Holy Ghost. You know what you're here to do. We know what you're here to do each and every day of our lives. You said you're on the inside of each and every one of us. You are. I ask you this morning, just release on the inside of them revelation. I ask you to release on the inside of them knowledge of their purpose, supernatural things that you've placed on the inside of them that they have not yet seen. I pray that you would slowly release them a bit at a time as they need them, as they continue to seek you. You promised you would add all things to them. Father, I thank you for clarity and purpose this morning, clarity and vision this morning, clarity in people's lives this morning. People say, I just don't know what to do, don't know what to do. Well, first of all, stop saying, I don't know what to do, don't know what to do. And second of all, just concentrate on the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Go about your life and let the Spirit of God speak to you in a way. And lead them and guide them into the place to where they're seeking you first. Holy Spirit, you know, bump them every now and then, nudge them every now and then, elbow them every now and then. Sometimes I'll be sitting there doing nothing, and the Holy Ghost will elbow me and say, have you prayed in tongues in the last four hours? I say, no. So then, And that's what I want you to do. Remind each and every one of us what we need to do, when we need to do it, and how we need to do it. I release you now. You say that you're in there. You say that you will quicken mortal bodies this morning. So I release you this morning in Mark McCarthy's body in the name of Jesus, in Ramona's body in the name of Jesus. We give you the legal right right now to move into their lives and set them completely free from the top of their head to the soles 
of their feet. I, I speak strength in the inner man for Millie this morning. She rises up once again, and we thank you, Holy Ghost, for doing what you've told us you're going to do. And we release you this morning here on the earth in these bodies that give authority. And we claim each and every one of them are healed today from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Also, Jose, that's right. Father, he, he needs a new kidney. He needs a new, he needs a new everything. Just give him a, a complete engine change. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we come now and we, we demand it as a kingdom citizen in the name of Jesus command you to do it Holy Ghost you heal every single part of him now and raise him up in strength and in joy and in power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Father I pray for revival on the heart of every single person here hallelujah may it rise up on the inside may there be a quickening on the inside we rebuke all anxiety this morning we rebuke all fear this morning we rebuke all worry this morning all despair goes right now in the name of Jesus all troubles whatever's troubling anybody this morning you get out of here in the name of Jesus you have no legal right whatsoever and I say peace come out of the inside joy come out of the inside power come out of the inside father we thank you for more and more revelation in our lives we thank you to understand how much power is on the inside of us and we thank you that we know that we have been raised and seated in heavenly places far above every problem every circumstance every demonic thing in the name of Jesus and we thank you for doing the work that you told us that you would do and we give you praise for it in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. all right we will see you Wednesday night.